Hey, welcome back to their episode of the Good Advice Podcast. And this is our last podcast episode of 2023. I always kind of hesitate doing episodes like this because... For those of you who are listening to the podcast, you could be listening to it right after it came out, or you could be listening to it two or three years down the road. Despite when you're listening to it and the relevance of when this podcast episode has come out, I will tell you that this episode will be incredibly valuable for you because I'm going to be talking about the absolute number one most important things that I've picked up in running my business, good advice, and running the good advice podcast over the year of 2023 and really of the last five years. Uh, I'm your host today, Blake Benz. I've been running the podcast for about five years now. And if you've been a long-term listener, thanks for checking out the show. If you're a new listener, I hope you enjoy your stay and you find some good advice to help you guide your business along the way. It's a tough road out there. There's a lot of obstacles, a lot of things to figure out. And so you need good resources to guide you. I'm like totally humbly bragging, bragging about this, right? Of like, you need me, you know, I don't know if I sound desperate or not, but I'm just feeling hyped. You know, I'm feeling good about the end of the year, thinking about all the things that were accomplished this year. Uh, All that to say, we're going to dive into it today. Before we jump into the content, though, we have a word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful for the businesses that have helped keep the podcast going. Stay tuned and check out this ad and we'll be right back soon. Running a business full-time includes so many things that you have to worry about that you frankly don't always have the time you need to think about your home. When that latest hailstorm hits and you're thinking about roof repairs or maybe you're working on a new construction project and you got to call someone to build your roof, a lot of times as business owners, we're like, man, tell me who to call, tell me who I can trust, tell me who I can rely on so I don't have to worry about this and instead I can focus on building my business. Well, that's why today I want to tell you about Boston Mountain Roofing. I've known their owner, Colby Thornburg, for several years now, and I have to tell you, these guys aren't like any other roofers. They do their job with absolute integrity, and they're absolutely interested in giving you a quality roof that, most importantly, is going to last. On top of this, we all know those contractors that you can never get a hold of. You never know when they're showing up on time. You're like, where is this person? And frankly, what's, you know, why is my bill just running up? That's not the case with Boston Mountain Roofing. They believe in showing up on time, getting the work done when they said they would, and most importantly, being totally transparent with the cost, all while giving you an incredible experience. So go to bostonmountainroofing.com to get a free quote or call 479-449-ROOF. That's 479-449-7663. So it's time for our year in review. It is currently December 20th, 2023. We got a few days left before the big holiday. Uh, I don't know how you guys typically do your shopping. For me, I typically have like these really grandiose ideas and, um, you know, getting all my flaws out there in the open. I am a, uh, I don't want to say I'm a, I'm a procrastinator, but I am, and I also don't want to say I'm easily distracted. 
Um, I put a lot of energy into different tasks and often my attention is guided by what I am most excited about. Uh, what that typically looks like is creating, it's the podcast, it's uh, I'm doing some podcast content for some of my customers. Like podcasting is really fun for me and also like the general um, the general consulting stuff, the SEO stuff. There's a lot of things that I'm doing that I'm really excited about, but, uh, when it comes to Christmas shopping, I've never been very good about the nitty gritty kind of stuff or the more detailed stuff. Uh, and so like looking at different product ideas and like comparing them, like, should I get this version or that version? Or maybe it's like a kind of product I don't know much about. So I'm trying to compare them and I'm reading the reviews. Uh, it's not uncommon that after about 10 minutes of that, I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm done. <laughs> so uh, I got a little bit of Christmas shopping left. So hopefully you've been a bit more proactive than I am. But as we sort of wind down the year, there's a lot of things to think about this year. A lot has happened for good advice. Um, we celebrated five years of good advice, which is really exciting. We also celebrated uh, the two most profitable months of good advice uh, in the five years of the podcast, which I think that's an insight in and of itself. It's not the main content of this episode, but I would say that you know you should always be careful when people tell you um, what is true about business or true about, and naturally here I am running a podcast telling you all <laughs> saying like, Hey, do this, do that. So even, even take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, because what I'm talking about isn't always so cut and dry. It isn't always so black and white, right? Perfect example of this. I've talked a lot about like wages and how you pay people and paying people well. And, you know, we have to get away from this expression of nobody wants to work anymore because often that's a crutch that business owners use when they just don't want to pay a fair wage. Well, I had someone reach out and they were like, no, like I have worked with lazy people before. And I'm like, right, but it's not black and white. I'm not, I'm actually not talking to you. I'm talking to the business owner who's paying, or rather I had a business owner talk to me one time and uh, she asked me, how do I pay less than minimum wage? And I was like, what do you mean you're paying less than minimum wage? And she was like, I want to pay less than minimum wage because I can't afford to pay more. That's the business owner I'm talking to when I say nobody wants to work anymore. I'm talking to that person, right? So there's a bit of nuance that goes into like knowing how to run a business. And, you know, over the years, I've gotten a lot of different perspectives and pieces of advice. And you yourself, probably in running your business, you've probably had a number of different opinions and perspectives that have been given to you. I think it's, I think it is a valuable skill to know what is good advice and what is, um, well-intentioned advice, which may not be good advice. If that makes sense, you will have people who care for you and love you and they want what's best for you and they will give you advice sincerely. It's well-intentioned, but it's not good advice for your business. If that makes sense. Or people who they have, again, it's well-intentioned advice, but they're speaking advice on a topic that they have no experience in. So this is something that I think is honestly a bit, it, it sounds kind of obvious that people wouldn't fall into this trap, but I think it's actually much more common than we realize because social media has convinced us to be 
to always have a take on something, to always share that take, to be well-informed and educated. And here's what's really happening. You know, I think, I think social media is one of the, the leading platforms of fake disingenuous insight, meaning things that we think we're being insightful about that we really aren't that insightful of. I think a perfect example is when this Israel and Hamas uh, tragedy, this war uh, precipitated over these last couple of months, I was amazed by how many people I was seeing on LinkedIn and TikTok and what have you giving the history. Here's what's really happening. And it was very interesting. It was like, here's, here's really what's been happening from the point of view of Israel. Here's what's really been happening from the point of the Palestinians. And it struck me how I was like, wow, there are a lot of historian experts out there. I think this is, this is pretty, um, it's a pretty basic, um, criticism, I guess, of social media is, you know, you have people who they have no experience really in history, but they have a content creator's perspective. And so they read a blog or they read a wiki or what have you on like, you know, a paragraph on like the history of these, these, um, people. And, you know, then they, it's like, oh, well, here's, here's what's really going on. Right. So the same thing I think is true in business in that, you know, we, we often get advice from people who they really don't know what's best for your business, but they certainly feel very confident about it, right? I have my Tuesday morning growth group. It's kind of like a local free open to anybody mastermind here in NWA. We've had so many amazing business owners come to that over the years. And one of the things I try to tell people is, hey, if you're going to give advice, it has to be out of experience. You know, you can't, you can't speak out of a blog you read. A perfect example of that is if someone's asking a question about, Hey, I'm hiring my first employee. Well, if you've never hired anyone before, there's just, there's just so much that you would actually know versus someone who has actually hired someone. I mean, I hired my first person this last year and also, (laughs) I also fired my first person over this last year. Uh, but actually, through, you know, through the years in teaching and 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 just my past career experience, I, I mean, I hired and and I've hired people in the, before in the past already, so it wasn't my first go around. But from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I have a new insight that I would not have had without living that out. Same thing's true about parenting. You know, there's only so much you really like. I think about this: how my wife and I, before we had kids. You know, you see a kid melting down in the grocery store, like their face first on the ground, screaming, pounding the floor. And, you know, I look up, I look at my wife lovingly, uh, that'll never be our kids. Right. And so you can know, uh, I can think then fast forward a few years, my daughter is having a meltdown. I'm picking her up from daycare and it got to the point where I just had to pick her up. Uh, like I was late. I just had to pick her up and walk out. So I'm holding her as she is like wiggling and screaming and crying walking past all these parents who some of them are like, are you good? And then other parents are kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. I know. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, you know, we, we just, we just got to go. Right. So, you know, all that to say, you're going to get a lot of advice and you have to know, I think that is a skill set: is knowing what advice to take and what advice to politely decline. Uh, because again, not all 
Not all advice is good advice and much well-intentioned, sincere advice is not good for your business. So all that to say, I wanted to, you know, as I think about good advice in the business, and I've said this a lot over the years about, you know, I I never knew from the get-go how freaking difficult all of this would be. I never had any idea. I thought I had already done like the hardest thing I could possibly do. I had been a high school teacher. I had been in education. I had lived alone uh, in this metro area and just and just thought that I knew true challenge. And, and you know what? Maybe it's actually a bit unfair to say like to try to like one up my past in the sense of, you know, different phases in life are all difficult for different reasons. And, you know, as we mature and we gain new skill sets, you know, we become better. We develop an aptitude to handling some challenges we go through. So like I think about the things I went through as a teacher that seem really not that difficult today, but I have 10 plus more years of experience in the professional world that I didn't have back then. Uh, And frankly, I cringe a little bit about my naivety and lack of experience as a 20 something year old in Houston, Texas. But I've been thinking a lot about you know, if I was going to wrap up 2023, if you're somebody who you're thinking about, I want to grow my business meaningfully in 2024. You know, I'm, I've been running a business or maybe you're thinking about, I want to start a business and I want to know what's the play. What's the answer? What do I need to do? Um, I, I have some insights for you today. I want to share some things that have been personally meaningful for me this year. Uh, and a lot, a lot has happened, you know, um, getting back to my comment on knowing who to listen to. I, I think it's funny people who say things like, you know, no one buys in the winter time, no one buys in December. And yet here I am having the two best months I've ever had for my business. Uh, now my standard of living is more expensive today. I mean, the cost of, just survival is a lot more than it was five years ago. Uh, Not to mention, I have two kids that I didn't have before, but it's just funny. It's funny. People who are so certain and deliberate about the state of the economy. Um, And as I think back to like sort of what fed into having those two great months, you know, there's a lot that has transpired over the years. And I want to give a couple of things that have really popped into my mind Um, good advice has tripled or quadrupled our revenue in the last couple of years. We've seen significant growth, um, pretty incredible growth actually that if, and, and, and I needed to, I needed to grow because if I hadn't, I don't think I would have made it. I don't think, I think I would have been done if, if I hadn't made it. Uh, and that's not even to say there's any surety in the future. You know, it could be that this time next year, it's like, you know what? It The business took a turn and it's not working anymore. I, I don't know. I, I've just learned that there's no guarantees in business. But I think about things that are true about good advice today um, and what's contributed to the significant sales growth we've had, the podcast growth, um, the new services we now offer. And I have, I think I have two things that really stand out as I think about wrapping up 2023 and hopefully these two things are meaningful for you. The first one is no one really knows how the market is going to respond 
to you and more specifically what you sell. I had a guy on the podcast early this year. Maybe it was late last year. I can't remember. It was late last year. Actually, it was I think it was fall of last year. Um, Rick West, who runs Field Agent. It's an amazing local company here in Northwest Arkansas. So I had a chance to sit down with Rick. I, he came on my podcast. I had a chance to interview him. He was an amazing guest. Really great guy. Well, we got to talking about the podcast. And he really changed my perspective because he asked this question. He said, you know, Blake, why haven't you monetized your podcast? Why haven't I mean, you're, you're spending so much time on this? I mean, we publish, we publish three episodes a week, which is kind of funny to me because when I, whenever I talk to people who, and now I have a service where I I'm paid to help people launch or produce their podcasts. I was literally just on a phone call yesterday with somebody who they're like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. You know, I want to, I want to talk about what's it look like to, you know, us to work together. But one of the things I run into is I talk about like podcast cadence, like what's your cadence for posting episodes and many people, they default to once a month, uh, which is really only 12 episodes a year, 12 episodes a year. And you have to understand we live in a world that is so content rich that people are being inundated with new content every minute of the day. And unfortunately, 12 episodes a year just is not going to make it happen. So I publish three episodes a week about that. I think uh, in the last few weeks, we've pushed a handful of guests to 2024 for their episodes just to have a really tight um, production schedule as we roll out the new year. Uh, So we've been doing two episodes the last couple of weeks, and we'll probably finish the next couple of weeks with two episodes also, but typically about three episodes a week. And, you know, I'm talking to Rick and Rick's like, you know, why haven't you monetized the podcast? And I was like, well, and I knew Joe Rogan, you know, was making millions of dollars per episode. It's the number one podcast in the world or around there. Well, I was thinking about my podcast and I was like, I have like a fraction of those listeners. Like, how would I, like, no one's going to pay for that. And, And Rick really challenged and changed my perspective. He said, you know, Blake, when it comes to selling advertising on the podcast, it's you, you have the wrong mentality. You aren't selling impressions impressions being, you know, something you get from like a billboard. I drive by it. I see it. Maybe I'm interested. Maybe I'm not. When you pay for a billboard, you're paying for the, you're essentially paying for um, a calculated risk of, okay, then how many people do I think are going to see that billboard? More importantly, what percent of the people who see it are my customer? What percent of my customer are in the place to buy from me? And what percent of that is actually going to reach out and felt compelled enough by what they saw on the billboard to initiate a conversation with me. So there's levels of engagement there. And that's not anything negative about billboards. That's that's just how billboards operate. It's in fact how every cold outreach campaign works. And if you pay for advertising on Google, it's the exact same concept. And hopefully, you know, if you if you hire someone to handle your advertising, they have some insight around that as well and, and knowing, you know, how do we tighten that funnel a bit? How do we make it a bit more predictable and improve our percentages so that you ultimately make more money than what you spend on it? 
So that was always my perspective with podcast advertising was, you know, well, I don't think I have the pure impression numbers, the download numbers to make it compelling for someone to invest. And again, Rick really challenged my perspective. He said, you know, you're, you're thinking about it wrong. It's less, you're not selling impressions. You're selling engagement. You have people who are listening to your podcast every single time a new episode is uploaded. You have people who are talking about it, promoting it. They're following it. And this is true. If you know me personally, you know, I'm a pretty, I try to be a pretty humble, sincere guy. So I try not to over uh, brag about anything, but it is very cool to be at a coffee shop and run into somebody and someone to say like, Hey, I've been listening to your podcast or for someone to mention like, Hey, someone told me I need to check you out. Um, that's, that's kind of a bizarre feeling of like, or I was, I was at an event where someone joked, you know, Hey, I don't know you, but LinkedIn really wants me to know you apparently because your content is like all over my feed. That makes me feel good. It makes me feel good in the sense of like, okay, I'm not, you know, sometimes you you just create content and you wonder like, is this going into the void? Is this going out to where like no one's ever going to see it? Right. So it does feel good. And Rick pointed out, you know, you have these people who are engaging with this content. Why, you know, when it comes to selling advertising, what's more valuable to the buyer? Is it I'm buying mass impressions or Am I buying a branding spot for some highly engaged people? And if you think it from the latter point of view, you might be surprised who would be interested in that. So I rolled out the um, podcast advertising package, and I think it was maybe two or three weeks later, someone bought, someone purchased. Now, since then, through the podcast, in terms of like direct sales, uh, we're looking at around $25,000 on the year, which obviously isn't livable. It's not a livable wage, but in terms of like stacking that on top of the other offerings and services that I do, that's a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice line of revenue. And more importantly, it, it makes the channel of the podcast pay for itself because understand this for a second. Podcasting is incredibly valuable from like a brand perspective, there's been, I've had, I had a person in the past who we were chatting about, um, she was going to hire me for a service and I could tell she was a little, um, uncertain. She was like, man, I just don't know. And I sent her to the podcast and said, yeah, we'll check out the podcast and reach out to me. If you have any more questions, we literally finished the conversation. She presumably went straight to the podcast because it hadn't been more than 10 minutes before she emailed me and said, Hey Blake, checked out the podcast. Looks great. I want to work together. So the podcast already creates a pretty amazing indirect line of revenue. It's amazing for the brand. It does a lot from a bit. I mean, obviously I'm super biased here because I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was incredibly valuable. So, you know, it has already this great indirect line for my business. Well, on top of that, it's now also generating revenue for the business directly, which is pretty valuable. And I have some aspirations for that down the line. Um, you know, a lot of this, by the way, as an entrepreneur, uh, there's so much ideation and innovating and just like creativity of like what could happen and what could work. I mean, I have ideas for the podcast of like, you know, a more Patreon styled model, which we have the Patreon for $5 a month. You can support the podcast, which I really, I really appreciate people who do that too. But I even think about, you know, a mastermind that's tied through the podcast. And if you pay for this tier, you know, you get, 
um, you know, private time or there's special podcast episodes for those people where we work through some challenges together. I, I don't know. These are just things that I've been thinking out loud, but anyway, point being, I thought it wasn't a possibility and someone challenged that insight and I realized, okay, it is a possibility. So I think, I think that's my first insight for pot or for 2023 is you never quite know how the market will respond until you actually try it and do it. So moving on from that, the other big insight, and I think this is honestly probably the biggest one I would recommend you think about and meditate on. If you have found yourself really struggling in the sales game for your po- for your podcast, for your business, you've really struggled to see opportunities show up. It's tough to close the sale. Um, the revenue is not consistent. I would say this is likely the number one thing you need to think about. And it's honestly what has been pretty meaningful for my business over the last year. No matter what you sell, you deeply need to productize your business. And here's what I mean by that. Some people are really averse to the idea of I buy something off the shelf because it it almost feels impersonal. It feels like it's not genuine to my specific customer. It feels like there's no individuality there. It's like, well, I don't want to just, and I've even had people in the past who've told me like, Hey, I don't want to buy something off the shelf. I want a custom tailored solution. Right. And I think sometimes selling the custom solution is more of like a marketing thing or like, I don't say a PR thing. It's like more of a a salesmanship kind of thing of like, how do I communicate individuality um, in a way that's meaningful to my buyer. But separate from that, For the sake of simplicity for your business, and more importantly, simplicity for your customer, you need to productize your business. What I mean by this is that it's extremely clear what you sell, what it is, and what it will do for me when I buy it from you. Um, Sometimes in business, we really feel like, and I think this is the rub, is that we honestly really feel like what we do is so obvious to people because we, we're living it. We live it. We're doing it daily. We are, you know, we, we spend every waking hour optimizing and innovating our business that we think that like, who, who, how could people not understand this until you start to get into conversation with customers and you start to explain what you do and what you sell And then you end it, I feel like I always end it with, does that make sense? And I can immediately know, did it make sense or not? I can know when the person says, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense that they really, it doesn't make sense or it makes sense on like a high level point of view. But when it comes to like, I think the perfect example is like George Costanza, import, export, you know, Art Vandelay. He's like, yeah, import, export. That's what I do. I mean, I know what importing and what exporting mean as terms, but that was the joke about George Costanza was that it was this vague yet seemingly premium thing that he did that he was telling people in order to sort of elevate his status. 
In the same way, a lot of times in business, we really love to make ourselves seem credible. If someone's going to spend money on us, we don't want them to think that they're wasting their money or that we have no clue what we're doing, even though many of us really don't have any clue what we're doing. If you feel that way, by the way, that's normal. If you feel like an imposter, it's normal. But more importantly, you have to make sure you've made it crystal clear on what you do and what you sell. And I realized something that, you know, it's funny how, like, as you start to work out these concepts and then you start to learn from other people, like the language that you've, you've lacked, like you've known something to be true, but you didn't know how to explain it. Todd Capone came on the the podcast, incredible sales guy. Uh, His episode will go live in 2024. He, He is probably my newest favorite salesperson in terms of like influencer that I've really loved following. He's my, he's my new favorite. I really enjoy his content. It just seems like a genuine, great guy. Well, something he was sharing to me on the show was, he said, you know, Blake, people don't buy on knowledge, which I think some of us kind of know this already, but a lot of times when we talk about what makes a great salesperson, we talk about, you know, Hey, don't be pushy and don't like try to force it, but instead educate and inform. Well, a lot of people actually they actually already know quite a bit about what they want before they actually click that buy button. Now, I'm not talking about people who they know their problem, but they don't know what a solution is. I'm talking about the person who comes to you for, um, you know, let's talk about uh, SEO, for example, or let, let's let's stick with the podcast theme. Someone comes to you and says like, hey, I want to buy your help in starting a podcast. Well, do they know what a podcast is? Yes. Do they have probably a general idea of what it would look like to create a podcast? Probably. Have they even already looked at some competitors or options online? Probably. In fact, I would be willing to bet there's probably some kind of AI tool that's been created in the last six months that's like, hey, just upload your audio and we'll create a podcast for you. We'll even distribute it, all these kind of things. Like, I, I would be surprised if there's not something like that already. Well, what Todd shared is that people aren't really buying according to wanting to gain insight. What they're actually looking for is predictability. And I realize this is something I've really believed to be true, but never really had the time to think about and apply for my own business. You know, when you buy something, what do you typically do when you get on Amazon and you buy something online? You typically go to the reviews. What are people saying about this product? Why do we do that? Because we know that the fuzzy, fuzzy is not the right word, the, the, the glamour and shine on the page, we know that those are marketing terms. We know that, you know, there's a possibly a um, twinge of mistruth on that page or that it's been presented a certain way. And so we want to make sure that this really is what it says it is, that it will actually do what it says it will do. Well, when you read the results and you read the reviews and everybody's saying, oh, it's great. I love it. What have you, what you feel is assurance that this will do what it says it will. You feel assurance. And more importantly, you feel an assured predictability that if I spend my money here, it will give me the result that I want. In the same way, 
I think this is one of the biggest problems that's hurting the coaching industry, my industry in general, is a lack of defined outcomes, a lack of specific results, a lack of exactly what does this look like? What is this? And the more specific you can get and the clearer you can get about your business, the more predictable your buyer will feel when it comes to purchasing from you. And that even means sometimes being really clear on what your service won't do. I had a guy who called me from New York City. He was working on his business up there and he said, hey, I need someone who can help me with my Google profile. I need to help my business uh, get on the first page and be the number one result. So he was calling me for some SEO help. And I said, you know, uh, his name is Alan. I said, Alan, just from the get-go, I'll be really honest that I cannot accomplish that for you in 30 days, that that is a long-term investment. And if that is not something that you're, you have the budget to invest in, and it's going to cost about this much, then I'm not the right fit for you. Now, sometimes we're so cash hungry and cash hungry makes us sound greedy. Um, our cash flow is so desperate that we feel pressured or stressed to take on those customers who really aren't a good fit for us. You know, those are people to, um, that who end up potentially being bad customers, not bad as in like annoying or, or difficult, but customers we just weren't well aligned with from the get go. But I've always tried, even when, even when things have felt tight, I have always tried to be open and honest and direct about the predictability of my services. So someone says, Hey, I want to be number one on the search results. You know, I probably can't get that for you. Or someone was actually buying podcast advertising and they said, Hey, you know, um, here's what we're looking to invest and we're looking to make this much in revenue, uh, from your podcast. Now I've done podcast advertising in the, in the past where there's been like a direct buy page or something like that. And so I I've, have a little bit of experience there. Well, the number they were looking for in terms of like pure sales was, I just knew it was way more than they would ever get for my podcast. And I said, you know, I'll be really honest buying for ad, buying advertising on my podcast is not great for pure impressions and mass clicks and mass purchases. But if you're looking to grow a brand, if you're looking for engaged people who are going to learn about your business and talk about your business and promote your business, which I knew this was the case because one of my best advertisers is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions. I had somebody who listened to the podcast and then they commented on one of my social media posts. They were looking for a bookkeeper and they said, hey, I heard about Steve Lay. Um, I'm, I, I want to reach out to that person. I'm really interested in what they're doing. Well, that that is the magic of what my podcast advertising offers is you it develops deep trust and a great branding opportunity for your business, but it's not a short-term answer. You don't pay for advertising on one episode and then, you know, you quadruple your investment in one show. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Maybe down the road it will. It doesn't right now. Well, so I had this person on the phone. They said, hey, this is what we're looking for. And I said, you know what? I'll be really honest. It's probably not a good fit. See, when you're clear on what you do and what you offer and what you sell, that is when you will see your sales pipeline 
really open up and start to convert because now it's less around, you know, fun, you know, fun marketing statements. And like, we're so great at, you know, all these things that we like fall into, like the, the sort of the buzzwords that we fall into. And instead it's around predictability. It's around, this is what I sell. This is what I can do for you. And let's see if this is a good fit for us. And again, really productizing your business. You know, I think about the things that I sell. I have like the pot and I have, I have ideas for other things too. I have an idea for like a business launch program or like a business launch service. Like if you want to launch a business, like we'll basically tell you all the things that you need to do. Uh, And that's something that's kind of like tabled right now. Um, But like, we'll provide the business plan, Um, all the things that you would need for your business. Like we'll provide that for you. It's kind of like a done for you thing. Um, So that's a product in my mind, but I have like the podcast production and launch program. I have the general um, sort of the premium business consulting work that I do. Uh, I have the SEO and content work that I'm doing. And I'm always thinking about how do I iterate these things further to make them feel like something that is tangible that someone can pick up off the shelf, still intentional, but tangible as well. So um, all that to say, man, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. Um, I'm proud of the growth that I've had in the business. I'm very optimistic for next year. It feels like there are many things that are maturing and developing in a way that I didn't ever expect that they would. And um, I'm hoping to keep the momentum going. You know, I, I, I just, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I'm kind of like steadily continuing on hoping for the best, but also anticipating if I need to react to the worst, I guess. Um, and you know, it's funny. There's, there's a lot that I had to change too of this last year. I had a, I had a $20,000 gig that I ultimately walked away from, uh, cause it just, it just was not, it just was not a good fit. Uh, and maybe down the road, I'll talk more about that. But I think at the time I, I would have thought I was crazy, but it really felt right. Um, so it's kind of wild to think about the things that have happened over the last year. So all that to say, if you've been listening to the podcast over the year of 2023, hey, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the show and promoting the podcast and staying tuned to it and listening to it. Um, I fully believe I am some random dude who just talks about, frankly, just business concepts that have just always made sense to me. It just it just seemed like this is how it is. So if you have found value in that, I appreciate you. Uh, and I am looking forward to 2024. And I'm wishing you well for your business in 2024. we got a lot going on this next year that I'm really excited about. And I'd love the opportunity to continue to connect with you, the listener. Um, feel free to reach out to me, email me, you know, tell me what you like about the podcast or maybe even questions or content that you'd want me to cover in 2024. Uh, I'd be happy to do that as well. So this will be my last episode of the year. I think I might, maybe I'll sneak in one more cause I can't help myself next week, but I think it'll be my last episode of the year. We'll still have our top 10 countdown. We have three episodes left on that. We'll have one Friday uh, and a couple next week, but all I have to say, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you. And that's today's good advice. I'll see you later.